this is the other side the podcast if your family was popping welcome back and if you're new what do you do stick around for a bit this is our safe haven to document our journey to the other side i've had this burning feeling inside me for a while that there just has to be more than life than what i've experienced we all know adulting is ghetto and breaking generational curses is not for the weak by grace, God has shown me that there is another life we're able to access once we step into alignment with who we're called to be. So now I'm trying to see what's on the other side of faith, the other side of obedience, the other side of betting on myself. I just have to know. So I'm running my own race, trying to see what that's like. And if you are on a journey to your other side, let's do it together. You're in the right place and you don't have to get there alone. On the show, we'll discuss everything adulthood career decisions, seeking therapy, dating life, friendships, family dynamics, happiness, all that. It ain't going to be easy, but I believe we can all make it to the other side. Let's jump in. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side, the podcast. So glad to have you here. I want to jump right in. So today I want to discuss unlearning old habits, creating new ones and stepping into that new version of yourself. Now, fun fact about me, I don't really like animals, okay? They freak me out. And it's really just a fear of the unknown. But like large animals, hippos, lions, giraffes, they just freak me out not knowing what they're thinking. You know, like, are you going to attack me? Are you are you just as intrigued at looking at me as I am looking at you? You know, like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's purely just a fear of the unknown. I don't know what they're going to do to me. Horses are beautiful tiny dogs are cute but I just they just don't do it to me and animals are filthy so there's that too and snakes are absolutely disgusting to me but one thing about snakes that has always been fascinating to me is how they shed their skin like frequently too like it can happen about six times a year you know six to ten times a year that's crazy Now, humans, we technically shed skin cells daily as well, but it just seems like a bigger deal when a snake does it because it's not as frequent. You know, like you can actually see and you can see the evidence of their prior shell, which is disgusting, but still still fascinating to me. So um, one of my favorite quotes is by Heraclitus, and it says, the only constant in life is change. And I mean, I wanted to get this tatted on me for a while now. It's just always stuck with me, but it's true. Everything is always changing. Gas prices fluctuate, I mean, every other day, honestly. Atlanta weather don't know how to act. A fashion trends always seem to spin the block, and there's always some kind of new health fad that's going viral. I mean, like, one second we're supposed to be dipping our face in cold bo- water, you know, a bowl of cold water, and the next we're supposed to be pouring hot honey on our face. I don't know. But everything is changing. Nothing is constant besides for change. But I feel like it's always the hardest when we're seeking to change. And that's interesting to me because why? Why is it so hard to change when everything else is always changing constantly? Even we as humans are always changing. We'll look back two years ago and say, we aren't the same person. And that's great. That's how it's supposed to go. But some of those ways came from actively changing and other forms just organically happened, it seems like. And so I find myself thinking, like, I don't want to be this way anymore. And I have to intentionally unlearn something. And it's not the easiest thing. We're always changing, but when you decide to change, at least for me, it feels like the hardest thing in the world to do. And that's what I want to talk about. So on my 25th birthday, I made a video reflecting on life and how far I've come and where I was in that specific moment. 
So for context, I had just landed in Atlanta on a Sunday. I started my new job that Monday, and my birthday was that Tuesday. I was geeked, in a humble way, of course. Very humble, like... I remember family and friends asking, like, how do you feel? I'm just like, I'm just at a loss for words. Honestly, this is crazy. I don't think, you know, like, who would have thought? Not me. Not me. But I was, I was humbled. I was geeked. I was excited. I was just ready, you know? Like, I was starting a new job with a great financial advisor, a black advisor at that. I was just completely blown away at how God had turned things around for me, given the circumstances I just came from. So in the video, I listed a few things that I not only wanted to change, but I knew needed to change as I was stepping into a new chapter. Like, God opened this door for me. I can't walk through it laxy-daisy and too proud. You know, I, I cannot fumble it. So I re-listened to the video recently, and some of the things I wanted to change was to quit stressing. When I tell y'all I used to be a big-time stressor, it, it doesn't even make any sense. Again, I, I had just turned 25, so that means all this stressing was happening before I was before I was 25. That's crazy. But I was just always trying to figure out how I could change a situation, how I got into it in the first place, what's going to happen afterwards. Just so many thoughts and force, like forcing a situation to play out how I wanted it to. In eight times out of 10, it didn't play out that way. But it would. It started to take a physical toll on me. Like I would have random breakouts on my face. And if you know me, my skin is overall pretty clear. But I could definitely tell when I would be having these breakouts because I'm probably stressing about something. I would overindulge with food, like just going crazy. You know, I love sweets. Um, but, you know, overindulging, that makes me feel groggy. I just wouldn't be even I wouldn't even be consistent in the gym. I'm just hyper focusing on whatever the issue was at the time. And I was stressing about it. So it was just pure nonsense. <clears throat> so that's one of the things I wanted to step away from. Another one was leaning on anxiety and depression as a crutch. And it's not to say that I didn't or don't still experience those things. I did for sure and I still do. However, I'm not I'm not using those things as a crutch anymore, you know? If I feel depressed or anxious, there's no more listening to sad songs, no more laying in bed in the darkness with a hoodie on and scrolling on social media for hours to not think about anything. I'm not sitting in those thoughts anymore. Now, now I acknowledge those feelings and I have to get up, like physically stand up. Like, all right, Tasha, get up, <laughs> do some jumping jacks, you know, shake it off, do something so you can actually get out of that, pull yourself out of that. And I'm always calling on God too. But since then, you know, I've had more bright and happy days than anxious and depressed days. Definitely minimal depressed days, thank God. But my anxiety will still try to come out and play, just not as often as it used to. I had to increase that turnaround time of me feeling depressed. You know, like at first it would be like, I'm depressed. And I'm going to sit in it for a little bit. Soak in it, wallow in it. And now I'm out of it. Now I'm like, I'm depressed. And we're out of it. I'm depressed. And we're out of it. Like I, I just had to ch increase that turnaround time of feeling depressed. And I know this guy who lives by this saying, and I heard about, he told me in 2020, um, but it's something that I, I abide by now as well. And he says, I don't have bad days. I have good days and necessary days. And that has completely changed my outlook on life. The good days are obviously good. You know when you're having a good day or a great day. But those necessary days, we reflect, we accept it as a necessary day, and we keep it pushing. 
and we do our best to make sure that the next one is good because one we just don't know if we're gonna get another day but me changing my perspective on today wasn't a bad day it was a necessary day I needed this day to happen I I was able to get out that situation or I was able to make the best of it that type of perspective so another thing that I listed in that video was mismanaging money that had to go like girl you got this opportunity to move to Atlanta tighten up (laughs) tighten up and I've had an even bigger revelation since since then um, but more recently, it's just about stewarding my blessings accurately before I receive anything else, before I ask for anything else. Now I speak so confidently about my finances, like I'm changing my my ways for the better financially. God has blessed me with funds to handle my bills now. He's my provider. Those are some of the affirmations I give myself because I want when God to look down to see how I'm managing what, he, what he's given me, he can say that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Not that I'm trying to work for his love, but our obedience is important. On that note of God, another thing I listed was putting God second. I wasn't prioritizing my relationship with God. <clears throat> now I've never been, I've, this is the closest I've ever been to God. And I'll speak on that in a second. But I knew I had to get close to my source to really see why he led me to Atlanta. I was trying to get to Texas. Do you hear me? I've been trying to get to Texas for a while now. <laughs> and he just was like, not yet, little girl. Not yet, my child. <laughs> And I was, if I was trying to figure out who I was, I needed to figure out who he is, who he's called me to be. Another thing I mentioned was not knowing my worth and standing on it. I was just down bad, y'all. Like, I, I for sure wasn't going to step into the next part of life moving in that same manner, you know? Not speaking my truth when I know I'm uncomfortable or when I know something is wrong, that's dead. And lastly, not going for things that will actually be best for me, but I'm missing out on it because it's new or I'm uncomfortable or I'm procrastinating. You know, like those things are dead and gone, dead and gone. Now, again, I have video footage of me saying these things. So that has been one thing that has held me accountable to unlearn these habits and develop new and better ones. But when it comes to unlearning these habits, I had to do some deep diving because I had done these things for so long. Like, There were instances where I would say I wasn't going to stress, but my stress was my go-to, right? This this is something that I knew to do. I developed to do over time, so it was just natural for me. So you can imagine trying to unlearn this, but this is what I'm saying. It's always a challenge when you're trying, intentionally trying to unlearn something. That's the thing about habits. You can intentionally create a habit, and it can be difficult, but in due time, it'll come natural. But those responsive habits that become natural can be tough to shake off. And stress was a responsive habit that I created, but it was no longer, it never served me in the first place, but it really wasn't going to serve me moving forward. So for example, to overcome being stressed and depressed and also kind of to fix my relationship with God, I kind of to, I kind of combined those two, but I decided to put God first. It's really just that simple. I decided to read my Bible more when I started feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, whatever. I was doing that when I was having a good day as well, of course, like, you know, start my day off with the word and I'm having a good day. But I was even more intentional intentional about being in his presence when I wasn't feeling the best, like when I was having one of those necessary days, you know, inviting him in on those necessary days. Now, see, I used to be a devotional girl through and through, and I barely knew any Bible scriptures. And I'm still not the most knowledgeable. I can't quote like 100 scriptures and just 
pull out, you know, scriptures from, you know, my mind. But I know the stories now. (laughs) I know the stories. I realized that I didn't know, really know the stories in the Bible. Like the devotionals I was doing were enough to get me thinking about the glory of God or to understand, you know, a specific angle about God. But when I decided to do devotionals that were simply breaking down books of the Bible, that's when I began learning who God is. And I mean that, like, I'm not doing devotional. That's like seven day. And I'm, this is no shade to anybody that likes devotionals because I still do them. But I used to only do the devotionals. I would be like seven days of forgiveness, you know, three day worship experience, you know. Now, then I, at that time when I started to change, I was doing like 30 day devotional about the book of Isaiah, you know, 15 day devotional about the book of Romans. That's when I started. Okay, now I can, I'm actually realizing that these are books and these are stories and I need to understand what's actually happening to see how God is moving. That's when I began to learn who God was or is. I took a social media break at the time too. That's, I remember talking to my homegirl about it and I was like, I personally open up social media apps way too often throughout the day. Like I could get off a call, a virtual call and close my computer and jump on my phone for what for what it's it's literally a habit so I said I want to get out the habit of doing that and open up my bible app just as often as I open up my social media apps and I took that seriously I was up for Instagram for about a month and a half haven't been on Twitter since then um but whenever I had the urge to check my social media or just scroll I'd open the bible app and I would start reading more importantly, when I would feel anxious or down, I would, or if I was, start, you know, overthinking something, I'd open up my Bible or the Bible app and I'd pick right back up where I was in that story. And I truly found so much joy in that. Like, I love, 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 love reading the stories of the Bible. I read them like it's tea, honestly. And I already enjoy reading, but now I'm actually reading for comprehension and understanding. So I read it like it's tea. I'm like, God, you mean to tell me? That you made Ezekiel mute, like he couldn't talk. You killed his wife and he told him he couldn't show any emotion while mourning her. What is going on? That's how I read. (laughs) That's how I read the Bible. Because it really do be juicy if you ask me. I'm always so invested in it. but, But that has helped me get closer to God and understand who he is, who he's called me to be. Especially because now I can hear his voice, right? As you read the Bible, you understand the things that God would say and can discern between the things he would not say, you know? So going back to when I'm feeling stressed um, or overthinking something, my thoughts are, you're not capable of doing it. This is too hard. It's impossible. You can't do this. There's already other people doing it. When I read my Bible, that's not something God would say to me. If God told me to do it, then that's who I need to be listening to you know so reading my bible really just allowed me to of course change my mood but it put me in a state of learning humility and and gratitude all at one time so that was one way that I focused on getting out of those moods and, and putting God first another area that I focused on knowing my worth and standing on it I have put myself in some sticky situations y'all unfortunately some things have happened to me that was out of my control other things I put myself in. It just is what it is. <laughs> but 
one way I've been able to reassess those situations is asking myself, if your little sister was in the same situation, what advice would you give her? Like, would I be okay with my little sister going through whatever situation I was going through? And for whatever reason, we sometimes can, we can't take our own advice. So I was saying it as if she was in the same situation I was in and asked me what to do. If my advice would be to remove herself, she needs to remove herself or have that conversation or let that person go or stand up for yourself. Then that's the advice. I was tolerating things that I really shouldn't have for the sake of whatever at the time. One time it was because I really, really, really wanted to be in a relationship with this guy. Delusion. (laughs) Another time it was because I thought that that was an opportunity of a lifetime. So I stuck it out longer than I should have. A few other times it was because I wasn't sure how to pick myself and be content with that. And truly, that topic alone is worthy enough to be a dolo episode and I will cook that up for y'all. But but I would fold on my own standards. And it's sad admitting it, but it's the truth. And to be honest, I could replace my little sister with anyone I care about. Like, you know, anybody. But she's 14 and I'm framing it as if If my baby girl approached me seeking advice for a situation that mirrored any of my previous ones, what would I tell her to do? And if it's not to stay, I'm not staying. If it's not to give them a chance, I'm not giving no chances. (laughs) I wasn't being fair to myself by letting people take advantage of me for the sake of some temporary feeling. I gotta tighten up. Gotta tighten up. So I realized that what I'm asking for is not absurd. Like, for example, I now realize that I want a romantic partner. Period. I've dealt with men who weren't romantic and it's trash. Literally. Garbage. It's for the birds. Y'all can have them niggas. I don't want them. (laughs) Keep those ones away from me. But as I'm moving forward and I realize that, now that I know this is something that I want in a man, that means I have to be able to stand on that and cut anyone off that doesn't meet that standard. There's no flexibility in that. You need to be a romantic man already. I don't want you to just start being romantic because I want you to be romantic. That should be a trait that you already have. But I have to be able to stand on that. So I'm constantly telling myself, you know, I'm worthy of the world and then some. And if they're trying to give me less than, I just have to adjust accordingly. Because I'm standing on those standards and I'm not wavering. And it's really just that simple. So that's another example of a habit I'm letting go of and how I'm developing a more productive one. Another bad habit I mentioned is not speaking my truth when I know I'm uncomfortable or when I'm bothered by something. So at one point, I used to shy away from from that because I was told I was the nagging type. Like I was a nagger. (laughs) That sounds so funny. And that hurt me. Like, I didn't I didn't know how to handle that. You know, like, I thought I was so chill and I don't really be, I don't ask for much. How am I nagging, you know? <clears throat> so I took a step back from kind of speaking my mind and would just really abort the mission completely. I didn't want to shake the table. And I truly just didn't think people would respect the boundary anyway. So I wouldn't set it in the first place. And then it got to a point, very quickly I'll add, that I just, it wasn't going. I wasn't going for that. Like, I'm not naturally the timid and shy person anyways. I more than likely have a comment about something. Like, I wish I could be mysterious. (laughs) I wish I could be quiet and mysterious and not have much to say. I always have a comment for something. Um, But as I've gotten older, you know, God has put me in these positions to refine my communication skills. And he's been very intentional. 
So because this is a gift he's given me, I'm not shying away from it anymore. When I'm in a situation, whether it's romantic, platonic, professional, whatever, I'm going to put my best foot forward to make sure my communication is transparent. It's heard and received. It's comprehended. All of that. And I've been put in situations where even though I communicate well and they say, yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Heard you. Got it. Those same people will come back around like, well, I didn't think you were serious or, you know, just some way spinning the block in again in this like persistent way that still oversteps the boundary that I set. And so I got to a point I was truly fed up with men because this is it was men that was doing this to me. But I got fed up with them because I would jump through hoops to articulate myself and I would set a boundary and they'd still find a way to disregard that. Now, back then I would. I would stick around to help them comprehend even more. You know, like I was over explaining myself, really trying to understand how I could have done better. Now, baby, I'm gone. What? I'm not about to play this game with you. I set a boundary and I did all that I could do to make sure you understood. I even asked you to tell me what you're getting from our conversation just to confirm. And you still fumbled it back? No. Mm Mm-mm. My therapist helped me realize that I can't attach myself to the outcome of my action. If I set this boundary, it's set. I did my part of communicating respectfully. What you do with that is up to you. And that has absolutely nothing to do with me. God has been helping me sharpen the skill over the year, the years. So I'm doing my part in. in I'm doing my part. But I'm not going to allow people to manipulate this situation anymore. You want to disrespect me and and overstep that boundary? You have to go. Respectfully. (laughs) Really that simple. Uh, The last thing, like I said, was, you know, procrastinating, not pushing pushing myself hard enough. Like, I just, ugh, it makes me sad even thinking about it. But whether it was out of fear or I would put it off for a long time or I just wouldn't do it at all because because of fear, like, I have let that go. I wasn't okay with with failing, but that is long gone as well. I am not a procrastinator anymore. I do not identify as that anymore. You know, like, that's not my name. Me and procrastination don't know each other. I don't know that girl. Sorry to that woman. (laughs) But here I am, you know, months later, and I'm still standing on it. And it's been tough. My God, it's been tough. But I wouldn't change it at all. And I refer back to that video a lot of times when I'm starting to procrastinate, when I feel that coming on. <clears throat> and this this lesson right here was really a heavy hitter for me. But um, just a real quick flashback. My freshman year of college was 2015 and 2016. And I thought I was ready to buy a car. So I went to a dealership. The only car I test drove was a Chrysler 200. It's probably like a 2012, 2013 Chrysler 200. <clears throat> and it was cute too. It was black. It was super nice. And I remember going home telling my mom and grandma that I didn't deserve that type of car for a first car. Like it was too fancy, too luxury. I could get away with like a Honda Civic, you know, or like a a Nissan Sentra or something. But a Chrysler 200, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. Fast forward to 2020, I finally get my first car. And guess what baby Bando is? Baby Bando... <clears throat> is a 2015 Chrysler 200. Not I was talking myself out of God's plan. He already had that in the books. Not I was shooting down my own dreams. Like, I was my own op 
you know, praying on my own downfall. That's crazy. Now, fast, 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 fast forward to recently. I've had to DoorDash on the side to take care of bills after quitting the job I moved to Atlanta for. Okay, so I've been DoorDashing on the side. <clears throat> and DoorDashing in Atlanta gives me the chance. It's given me the chance to learn the city and really see some beautiful homes. Like, I mean, stunning, y'all. Now, I currently have a roommate in a nice two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. When I drive around Atlanta, I see beautiful mansions, three-story townhomes, brownstones. You got, like, the sky-rise apartments and the condos. Like, it's gorgeous, stunning. But for some reason, my go-to thought is, I'm going to have that one day. After I live in my regular one-bedroom, one-bathroom, for a year, maybe two years, I'll be able to afford a sky-rise condo. Or I'll say things like, I can see myself with a brownstone around age 30, 31. That gives me enough time to, but girl, like, why do I keep believing that God couldn't give that to me next? Why, how, why am I creating these fake non-existent levels that I quote unquote absolutely have to hit before I can get to the level that I actually want to be at? It's because I didn't think I deserved nice things. I didn't think I was worthy of these things. The same reason why I didn't think I was worthy of a 2012-2013 Chrysler 200 at age 18-19, but ended up getting a 2015 Chrysler 200 at age 23. Like, be for real, Tajray. And the lesson is, if I'm on floor three and God says elevator press P for the penthouse, penthouse it is. There's no arguing. That means I'm skipping every floor between three and penthouse because God says so. It's just that simple. So now I'm speaking life over myself differently. I'm worthy of whatever God wants to give me. <laughs> I'm gonna work my butt off at the things that he's asked me to do for sure. Like I said, obedience is important. But I'm not playing dumb anymore. The sky used to be the limit. There is no limit now. God said it's up and it's stuck with him and I'm not playing. Period. And this really aligns with me stepping into who God has called me to be. I wasn't fiending for a change at my 25th birthday for no reason. God is tugging on my heart. Like, all right, little girl, the time is now. And I had no idea I was stepping into my wilderness season, child. But I'm still here. We're still pushing through. But back when I made that video, I realized that in order for me to fully step into this new chapter of who I'm supposed to be, I have to realize who I'm supposed to be. And bear with me. I had this idea of who I was supposed to be, but it wasn't until I got into my word that I've seen who God has called me to be. And truly, it's actually bigger than what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Like, I can't begin to change for the better if I don't know who I'm supposed to be. That's why I said in the beginning of this episode, like, I had to get close to my source to figure out who I'm supposed to be. I had an idea, and even the idea I had is still somewhat aligned with who God has called me to be, but God has way more planned. Than for, for me than what I can even comprehend. I haven't even seen the full vision, you know what I'm saying? But I've been able to find my identity in Christ and I see that he needs me to be this disciplined person. He needs me to be the loving person, the kind person, the patient person, the person that puts God first when they're feeling anxious, the confident person, the financially well-versed person, in order for me to excel in the assignments that God has given me, God needs me to be refined. He needs me to shed that old skin and confidently step into the new one. 
Now, don't get it confused. He can always get somebody else to do it. Okay? The story of Elijah is a perfect example. See, I told y'all I know my stories now. <laughs> I know my stories now. But he can always get somebody else to do it. But, but if we're going with who he originally called, which is me and my assignments, I got to tighten up and I got to lose that old skin. I got to lose those old ways. And it's not easy. This is who I've been for all these years. This is who God's called me to be. And there's a gap, a large gap at that, okay? <laughs> Same person, but refined. We have to take those necessary steps to become that refined version, though. And that comes from that action step of changing, like uh, being able to observe when an opportunity is presented to do something different and actually acting on it and doing something different, handling it a different way, handling it a healthier way, handling it a better way. For example, when I would be presented with an inconvenient situation, I would start stressing and hyper-focusing on how to fix it. Now I'm like, mm -mm, nope, God, you take that. I can't handle that. I've done all I could. It's in your hands now. It's at your feet. And I'm 100% confident that you can handle this better than I can. So go crazy. When you're done with it, go ahead and drop it back off at my desk. You know, like, I, I can't handle this. And I'm not going to sit here and waste my energy and my health trying to figure it out. When you're God and you can. Or the communication thing. I've done my part. I have done my part respectfully. And if you can't respect that, I'm not stressing about it. I'm just going to move accordingly, whether you're cut off or I shift the role that you play in my life, whatever. I'm not stressing about it and I'm not repeating myself either. I'm going to protect my peace and we're moving forward. <clears throat> but God needs me to be that. He, need, he needed me to be a strong communicator for this next chapter. He needs me to be confident for this next chapter. He needs me to speak even when my voice is shaky for this next chapter. He needs me to be kind and loving when it feels extremely inconvenient and forgiving. <laughs> I could go on for days about forgiveness. He needs me to be forgiving when it feels inconvenient for this next chapter as well. And this is what I've concluded, truthfully. We all have individual purposes. Like we're all called to do different things. We all have different gifts. However, our purpose is tied to each other. Like it's, it's, it's tied to other people. And as selfish as we want to be in this life, and trust me, I get it. I mean, I have an episode about self-love, you know, self-love enthusiasts. I get it. But we can be really selfish as humans. And our purpose is connected to each other, though. We are, on, we are put on this earth to interact with other people, other humans, our people, our communities. So we can't get so wrapped up in not changing because it's hard and we don't want to do it. Girl... Maybe this is not about you. It's not about me either. We have to shed that old skin in order to become the new person so that we can have that impact. That we can receive blessings that God intended for us to give out to other people. That's necessary. We go through all these phases over and over again. You learn something new, you apply it. You learn something new, you apply it. You learn something new, you apply it. If we don't learn these things, we're just going to keep learning the same lesson going over and over and I don't want to be no old fool. I'm going to tell y'all that now. <laughs> but in this lesson of change, back to that quote, the only constant in life is change. That's the only thing that's going to stay constant is change. And if we want to experience life the way God intended us to, we got to change those useless habits and create new ones. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I'm encouraging you all to embrace the change and actively make the decision to change. People that are active in the gym get the bodies they want because they go when they don't feel like it. It's called discipline. Same thing with change. You may not want to go through the lessons and the motions of changing and evolving. There's more than likely going to be some trauma that you have to face and unpack. We all go through it and it sucks. You're going to cry. <laughs> You're going to have some some scars and some bru- some bruises, but it's necessary though. And when people start seeing the change in you, that's the beautiful part of it, really. Again, same thing with working out. When people start seeing your abs poking, you know what I'm saying? Got a little nice crop top. Oh, your booty starts sitting differently. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Your back start looking a little bit more defined, you know what I'm saying? Little bra fat ain't hanging out no more. You start getting compliments. You start feeling like it's worth it. Like, yeah, I'm about to go crazy in the gym. On the flip side, it feels the same way when people tell you you talk differently, you sound different. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went, I put in that work. It was tough. But it's the same thing. And I've had those same conversations with friends. They tell me the same thing. You talk different. And not in a bad way. They're like, I'm really happy for you. I'm so proud of you. It's like I'm watching you evolve. And even I, I feel different. I don't feel like the same person. At all. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. It sucks going through it, but it's necessary. And the outcome is 100% worthwhile. You get out what you put in. And so I pray that you embrace a change and answer the call from God. Because God, the future you, and the people you're supposed to impact are waiting for you to evolve. This has nothing to do with you. Don't hold out on all those people who need you to be their blessing. With that said, God bless you. I'll see you on the next episode. Keep evolving. Keep growing. Keep blossoming.